keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, succotash, son. But it's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And your teeth look like two pike two, Billy. And you book a match with me, that's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? Total Marks with Dan St. Germain. Welcome, everybody, to Total Evan Marks. I'm your host, the King of Sad Style, the man with the largest calves in the world, the St. Germain event. A bit of a departure from our normal podcast. I have a normal uh, person, non-wrestling fan, on the show. Uh, you know him from his Comedy Central Half Hour, Netflix, uh, uh, the, the lineup. Uh, is that's what it's called, right? Great name, yeah. <laughs> the comedy lineup. The comedy lineup on Netflix, oh. episode eight. Episode eight. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was a big wrestling fan. I went to Texas Tornadoes last match before he popped his last balloon, before he died. Oh, really? I didn't POD. know you were a wrestling fan back then. And the day. I was. Uh, I went to not the Royal Rumble, but I think the Battle Royal, because back in WWF had two. There was like a Royal Rumble, and then there was something else. There was a Battle Royal. That's where everybody starts out in the ring. Yes. And I went to that, and it was like the year. It was like Sid Sid Justice. Remember that guy? It was like right around WrestleMania 8. Yes. Hogan was still kind of on top. Yeah, exactly. So I was, and I used to rent all the videos, but I grew up, you know? (laughs) I mean, mean, this is coming from a guy who just bragged about beating Super Mario World last night, so. Yeah, well, I'm doing it ironically. (laughs) You know you're not. You don't do anything ironically. <laughs> Everything about you, that's why I love you, is the most sincere. No, it is. Yeah, I hate, <laughs> I, you know, my support for Ted Cruz. Everything is. I hope he wins. I hope he wins. He's definitely going to win. He even deserves though I gave, to win. Like, I gave fucking over 500 bucks to Beto's campaign. Oh, that's great. You know, I, <laughs> Angels uh, in heaven, come together and sing Dan's name. I mean, what do you want? Great. Good for you. I'm glad. Oh, I gave him more. I'm glad. Oh, I'm such a I'm such a uh, coastal such a good liberal. Guy. That's why I'm coastal That's why I'm friends with you because I hope some of your goodness will rub <laughs> off on me, you know. And it hasn't yet, but we'll see. Oh, I love you, buddy. Uh, why I had uh, Tim on the. I also I also gave money to a, a fund sponsoring child soldiers in the Sudan <laughs> this year. But I feel like it's good. It's like a good outside activity for I them. don't know why we stop supporting soldiers when they happen to be children. <laughs> seems it would feel of... like we should support them more. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. To be honest. Seems, you know, if you're really pro-life, in my mind, you support a child soldier. 100%. It's not just about them in the womb. It's oh, yeah. about them getting their hands on an AR-15 right afterwards. People believe in things. <laughs> well, what I uh, brought you on to watch, to talk about today was... Um, Something that is wrestling related, but not professional wrestling related. We both watched the documentary Team Foxcatcher, which was a 2016 documentary by John Greenhigh. What is it? Hi? Is it a hi? John Greenhigh? Green, green, hail, green, hail. Green, 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 hail. Oh, I thought it was an I. Green, hail on Netflix. We all know the movie Foxcatcher with Steve Carell and Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo. Um, 
But I watched this documentary. It's it's one of my favorite Netflix documentaries, and uh, I immediately thought you're the guy to watch this with because we both enjoyed the movie. I lo- I love the movie, and I thought the documentary was great because it it gave I think more insight into him than the movie did. Yeah, you know, like I think they took a little bit more time. With the circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also a guy that if you and me just had absolute power and money, we'd turn into. <laughs> I, I was I was thinking about his life, and I'm like, here's an insanely wealthy guy. He lives with his mother alone in this big house. You know, something's bound to happen. You know what I mean? Like, that type of guy. Usually, serial killers, a lot of them have these weird relationships with their mother. Right. You know, that's kind of a, a, a constant. And, you know, he's extremely wealthy, but he wasn't socialized no. in a way that, like, maybe the Roosevelt's or the Kennedy's were. And, you Kennedy's know. Kennedy's were too social. Well, they were too, too social. <laughs> so then you, you have the, all the ingredients for this very interesting life, which he led. Yeah, an American hero, really. I mean, he is very, you know, when you watch it, there's something about him that remains likable throughout the film. Yeah, but you For can, me. Yeah, but can you say the same thing uh, about... Um, What's his name? The guy from the uh, HBO documentary uh, uh, "Killed Them All." That guy. I don't know. Oh, the Jinx. That the documentary. Jinx. Oh, Robert Durst. Yeah. I don't know. Not as likable because this guy <laughs> believed. I think. I think this, you know, Dupont. You know, kind of really. He did a lot for the wrestling program. He believed yeah. in these people. You know. No, it actually is. You know, the one thing that I wanted to tackle on this, um, which you know, th- th- this this. This episode is going to be about uh, the Foxcatcher Estate, uh, what they did for wrestling, and John Dupont's ultimate murder of David Schultz. But at the very end of it, you know, the big question is whether or not John Dupont is going to get off because he's clinically insane, and and he doesn't. He goes to jail. Yeah, but he's insane. <laughs> right. That's uh, that was one of the things that I was like, they're like, well, I hope he doesn't get off because of insanity. I'm like, this is definitely an insane person. Well, I mean, what would be the penalty if he? If he if he got off for you know with an insanity defense, would he be committed for the rest of his life? Or would yeah. He, okay, so he would. He would not be able to leave. Well, I mean, it, the, the the question there is whether or not he would be able to leave. But I know that there's like you know there's always that like the guy who shot John Lennon. You know, there's always the chance that you're able to be paroled. But in that situation, that guy that guy wouldn't get out. I mean, because I, I completely understand the insanity defense, but I think that in a situation like this. He's doing it again. <laughs> you know, if he gets oh, yeah. out... No, he's he should be in a mental it, institution know, for the rest of his life. He has to be remanded to an institution. No, he's criminally insane. Right. I mean, he's, he's not... not just insane, right. insane. He's yeah. not like, you know, somebody, you know, who's on the spectrum, you know, accidentally no. killing someone when they're under 18 or yeah. something. No, he's real and, deal. No, he's, he's, he's real deal insane. Um, the, uh, I mean, I don't know even where to begin with this documentary. First off, you just see how sad it is to... Be an amateur professional, an amateur wrestler. It is one yeah. of the sadder uh, it, things that you can like, like things that you can kind of carve was, out in it life. Was, it was tough, and it was tough hearing them talk about uh, their journey. And I remember one guy was like, you know, I used to buy Big Macs on a coupon, and <laughs> I used to live in this car, or you know, and it, like, you know, it's a very tough life. And then you have John Dupont. In the picture, who's this wealthy guy who cares about these people? He has this program. He's yeah. flying them around. He's, you know, one of the sadder parts of the documentary for me was like they're all wrestling with him. He's they're letting him win. <laughs> He's not at all that, a tough guy. He's when not they're, skilled. When they're when when they have to hold that fake tournament, oh. I mean, 
That is just it's crazy. Is that worse than a and then the Long Island gigs you've done? What's no, worse? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, because it's still Dupont money. You know, you're still in proximity to somebody who did something great even generations ago. Whereas, you know, when you're performing at Ravioli's on Route 110, it's just a well, black hole. One of the most interesting things too is like there's a lot of shoot interviews. And, the, and, and you realize, like, how horrible of a life, like, wrestlers have. And I'm, not, I'm talking about amateur wrestlers, not professional wrestlers, although there's a case to be set, for that to be said about professional wrestlers as well, although there's an incentive to make money there, at least. Is, like, Kurt Angle is, you know, one of the greatest WWF, WWE superstars of all times. There's, like, a shoot interview where he's talking about the DuPonts, and, you know, like, you think he's going to be like, fuck this motherfucker, and he's like, you know, we... Uh, Wish there was help, you know. We could have gotten some because like, they're like they're like the guy was bankrolling. Yeah, you know, it did split that community. The guy is bankrolling an entire art form. Yeah. Well, know? I think that you got to look at or a sport or a what, sport. I'm what sorry. drives you to be a, a an amateur wrestler and the idea that you're going to go pro? There's no real reason. I, right. I was thinking about that because, yeah. like, you know, in high school, like, like you know, if you want to get girls, you join the football team, you right. join the basketball team. Or, you know, maybe the soccer team. Um, and if you want to be a badass, like you're like now you're going to like UFC and MMA and and boxing and like wrestling is, you know, the backbone. They say if any if you want to become a mixed martial artist, you have to have a really good background in wrestling. But I, I, I was just wondering, like, you know, because I used to wrestle and it's like such a bizarre like once you get into it, it is it's almost it's almost like a monk like existence, you know, right. Because you get there. It's a calling, right? Isn't it more? It's of, more it's of a, a calling. calling. It's like chamber like, music. Yeah, it's like you're just doing it to do it. It's, you know, stand-up comedy is connected, I think, uh, to the larger architecture of the entertainment business. And there is this idea that it's not completely, you know, you you can move up, you can. But in, in wrestling, amateur wrestling, is there... The idea that you're going to be a professional wrestler. I mean, sometimes, like, but yeah. none of those guys, those guys that are really good at it, you know, and there's some people that, you know, obviously Brock Lesnar was an incredible amateur wrestler. Kurt Angle won a fucking gold medal with a goddamn broken neck, not to quote him, quote him like uh, Dolph Ziggler was a good amateur wrestler. A lot of these guys have amateur backgrounds, Sheldon Benjamin. And is this like backyard wrestling, amateur wrestling? Is that No, this that? is like like high school. Like, like, okay. This is like real. College, high school. College, and high school. And then you graduate well, college and then. Bro yeah, but you don't get paid. Like Brock, like Brock Lesnar won the, uh, you know, like. NCAA championship. NCAA, yeah. uh, NCAA championship. You know, yeah. he was like a real. Actually, Pete Lee, he almost kicked Pete Lee's ass because, like, Pete Lee. Comedian? Yeah, comedian Pete Lee. Uh, you see his sets on The Tonight Show. He backed his car into Brock Lesnar's, and they lived right next to each yeah. other in college. And, like, Brock came to his house and was just like, you. And Brock, like, you. Because Brock could murder anybody, you know? Yeah. So it's like one of these things, like, like he came to his house, and then there was, like, just this moment he goes, and Pete's like, I'm sorry. I, I you know, I did this. I'm sorry. And Brock just, like, pauses for a second. He goes, Okay, you got to buy me a case of beer every week. Yeah, and he's like, and it wasn't like like a bullying thing, but that case of beer had to be there every fucking week. Like there would be like a slam on Pizza the door. Cock, but whatever, <laughs> you know. I mean, uh, what do you want me to say? Um, uh, also, don't hit someone's car. That <laughs> was an you accident. Know? I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, 
But but because like in in lacrosse, which I think is kind of a fitting analogy, when you graduate yeah, from college, is, there yeah. is no real professional league that isn't so much sadder than just quitting. Yeah. Like there's one on Long Island where the teams are like, like I did a joke about lacrosse on Long Island, basically saying that like you know. There is, they have indoor lacrosse on Long Island. They have whatever they call it. I forget that. You might know. Yeah. What's the type of lacrosse they have? Oh, I have no idea. Well, whatever. <laughs> I'm not One a lacrosse guy, guy in the audience, I'm doing this thing about lacrosse teams. I'm like, and the guy goes like this. He's like, my son's in the lizards. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a professional lacrosse team. And it was the saddest thing ever. I'm like, oh, it's so much better to not do this. To just quit. And to not live the life of uh, explaining to people that you're on the Long Island Lizards professional lacrosse team. Yeah, that sounds like a bar you go to in Key West. Yeah. Not a lacrosse team. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. But some people just really want to belong. There's a community. They, you know, there's something deep in them that wants to do this. And it's not logical. But it's okay. No, it's not. It's not logical. But it's... Uh... I mean, I wonder if there's any way to make wrestling. Because the thing about UFC is that, like, what what everybody likes about UFC is like, you know, the the best guy in you know probably the world right now could be right. I mean, the thing that's so great about him is that uh, he wrestles people to the ground, and once he gets you down, you're fucked. You know, right? But that's not what people really want to watch. That's why he gets booed a lot. People like people like people getting knocked out still. People like that yeah. Mike Tyson thing. So like, I just don't think there would be any commercial world for wrestling. Like, just two men trying to get each other down to the ground to the most basic... And you can't, like, like break somebody's arms. No, so. I think it's only, it's only in the very, you know, theatrical world of professional wrestling. Yeah, and then to take know, that theatrical element of it, you know? No, you need that out. element. You need the storylines, the narratives. You know, without that, it's completely defunct. Yeah. Nobody would care. Nobody's watching technical wrestling. <laughs> what kind of loser is sitting at home watching that? Like, what kind of odd? Do you think it's what do you think is a weirder fan? Like a bowling bowling fan or a wrestling fan? Like both, completely uh, useless people. <laughs> I mean, anybody who's a fan of either one of those sports is a net zero on earth. I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't think of a less useful. <laughs> what do you think is the saddest type of fan? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I mean, comedy fans, podcast fans. I don't know. They, they, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying they're, they're bad, but they're no, nowhere near mm. the worst. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's hard for me to know because I didn't know bowling fans existed. I didn't know that just people would go to a bowling alley and watch a tournament that weren't bowling. <laughs> I didn't know it they happens were. every year. I'm sure there are. I mean, Professional poker player fans? I mean, I think anything where you're in a passive role, I mean, like where you're going, you're leaving your house to go watch it, but it's it's not like a huge thing that a lot of people watch, to me is probably an issue. (laughs) You know, I was performing Erie, Pennsylvania recently. I don't want to brag. I'm doing very well. And they told me, they go, Friday night sales are not going to be good. And I'm like, why? They go, it's high school football. And I said... They go, the whole town goes. I'm like, even if you don't have kids, they're like, oh, yeah. The whole town goes to watch high school football in Erie, Pennsylvania. So that this is after they told me, by the way, we have a new hot restaurant that opened up. Nobody could get in. I swear to God, I said, what's the restaurant called? They said, Popeye's. I'm like, is it a, what is it, like a tavern or something? They go, Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. <laughs> I said, well, okay. But to me, that's weird, too, going to see a high school football game if you, you don't have kids. Yeah, there's something there. I mean, I think... 
I, you know, I don't think it's as weird as going to like a beauty pageant. That's the weirdest. Yeah, well, that's that's probably legally actionable, <laughs> depending on you know. I mean, nobody wants nobody wants that. You know, but yeah, no, it's it's these guys who probably like got drunk and played football in fucking high school, and now yeah. they're you know in Erie doing God knows what's yeah. the big what's the big uh, industry in Erie. Oh, I don't know. I mean, there didn't seem to be a lot. I mean, in those in those parts of the country, in Erie is you know. The most uh, western part of Pennsylvania, and at the top, it's the northern. It's right on Lake Erie. Um, it's all fast food, and yeah. um, you know, truckers and motel. I mean, it's it's pretty bad. I mean, they have one art museum. They have like the lake in the summer. There's a fair right. amount of tourism, but like you know, for nine months out of the year, it's brutally cold. I mean, it's not it's not a great spot. And they have a movie theater. Yeah, they got all that, but the factories are gone. You know, if they were ever there. I mean, I don't know what was ever in Erie. I think a lot of it's just, you know, the same thing. Yeah. is like you have, you know, once industrial centers that are kind of left to, as you say, you know, mm-hmm. the service industry and, uh, you know, and uh, stand-up comedy. Come on down. Yeah, come on down. You know? Come on down, And that's the thing about down. the DuPont. What's interesting about this guy is he's part of this dynasty, but he's kind of left alone to just do what he wants. Like, he's... He's not socialized. He's living with his mother. Who right. seems she seems off. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 yeah, I think any 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 person who's in a dynasty, it's like he's yeah, not married. Yeah, somebody said this to me. Uh, Dan Goodman, comedian, he said this to me. He's like, if you're poor, or you're really rich, or just thinking about money all the time. Right. Those are the two things, and that's got to do something to you. Like, sure. if you're middle class, upper middle class, lower middle class. Like, the, there's kind of a balance there. You know, you're like, all right, but uh, in a situation like that where you're that sheltered and you know, one of the things that, you know, he keeps bringing up where, I mean, there's so many crazy things that are in that documentary that aren't in the movie. You know, hiring that private security force to, like, look what, for tunnels. Yeah. Well, let's, let's just give some background. What made him love wrestling is my question. I mean, I think that there was a camaraderie there. And yeah. It, and, and, and it's also a camaraderie that's just guys, you know? And he was gay. Yeah, it seemed it. it seemed like he was yeah. he was gay. Give some background. Well, you yeah, uh, John Dupont wants to put American wrestling on the map and essentially open this gigantic training ground um, on the Dupont estate, which is a you know one of the most wealthy French families of all time. And he brings Dave Schultz, who's an Olympic wrestler, his uh, brother Mark Schultz, uh, who was played by Channing Tatum, right, and Zach yep. in the movie, who's not really featured that much here, um, and and all of their wives and then the best wrestlers in the country um, and outside the country, including uh, Valentin Yordanov. Did I get that right? I think, yeah, it was yeah. pretty close. Yeah. Uh, and he's a, he's also a world champion and, and uh, you know, like guys like Dan Chatter, you're talking about with the, with the McDonald's. I think you had mentioned that earlier yeah. in the podcast. So he was bringing all these, he essentially wanted to create a wrestling utopia, you know, when he provided homes to the families and, you know, for these guys who were doing these, you know, like who who were going up against the Russians who were state funded, it was it was a dream. You know, they're able to be like, oh, okay, well, I can really like live a life and get paid and and practice what I what I do. You know, it's the like you know the equivalent of getting a fucking writing job or you know like starting to you know like make money as a comedian. You know, so did he wrestle as a child? Was he a high school? Yeah, wrestler? all those guys okay. start really no, young. Dupont. Oh, DuPont? I think that this is when he started. He decided to start when these guys came in. So they had to make up. And, I, you know, people who are, are experts on this, please correct us. Um, but, like, 
he's that's why they started that El- elder classics league or whatever. What was John it called? Dupont we're we're going we're going off the documentary, right? So yeah. and they kind of what was the league called? I don't remember. I don't. Yeah. I don't did, did they, but it was a fake league it? where guys were basically essentially paid to lose yeah. and then were paid out right afterwards. So John Dupont could think that he was this. You know what this reminded me of? Actually, this had a kind of. It had a weird resemblance to the movie Tickled, that documentary, right? With a guy from Long Island. Well, I mean, that guy. You I know, mean, that guy's a, a genuine sociopath. Sure, like, I know. Unlike Dupont, who's a statesman, <laughs> he's a head of state. But there's something about there's something about create the need to create this community and kind of be somewhat, you know, in charge of something. You are. You know, you have all these desperate young men yeah. who need status, money, they need it all, and you're providing them that, and then you need, and they are doing everything you ask, and then going far and, uh, and beyond to kind of make sure that reality doesn't puncture your world. Yeah. They're, they're wrestling with you, they're letting you win, they're doing these fake tournaments, they're doing everything that you could ever want them well, to do. One of the big, one of the big, I mean, the big, you know, the, the real turning point in the documentary is when. He he basically fires all the black players yeah. from the team, and some of them were on their way to the Olympics. Were former medalists. What was the name of the one? Uh, black? Kevin Jackson is Kevin like, Jackson was like the main one. Is the main one. They fire they fire him, and it's so insane because they're like, like you know, or is it because it's because they're black? Goes yes, it's because they're literally black. Yeah, or I got rid of the black horses too. Yeah, which obviously has some white supremacist elements to it. But it's Some. also it's, it's it's a lot mostly, but like but like that basic like like I don't like black things, and then and then everybody fucking uh, decides to decides to stay after that. Yeah, you're kind of like if you're you know, uh, you're you're kind of like if you're if you're fucking, you know, if you're Dave Schultz or whatever, or or uh, you know like all these other wrestlers, and you decide to stay at that point. I mean yeah. that's I mean. That's a jump the shark moment when you're like, no, sure. no, I, I'm definitely getting rid of these people because they're black. Well, it's also like, I think there was there was this idea that something bad was going to happen throughout the whole documentary. There was this idea that like this isn't ending well, you know, this yeah. doesn't end well. None of these circumstances. And then, like, the end of it isn't. And then he put wrestling on the map. <laughs> they built a stadium, and now they have a program for young, underprivileged kids. You know, no, you knew that this guy was off his rocker. And I think a lot of those guys were somewhat desperate, and they were willing to gamble on, you know, what was eventually going to happen. Yeah. You know, and, and only one of them lost. <laughs> I mean, yeah. right? I mean, two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, one of them really lost. That's what I mean. Uh, and then at the end of it, when you realize that one guy, Valentin, just inherited John's estate. It's amazing. He won. <laughs> he won. Now from- listen, go back. If you're Valentin, you're doing it again. Of course. Of course. Well, you're leaving a fucking country that's in turmoil. Where is he now? That's an interesting question. Well, I, I, I don't know. Zach, did they say where he is now? Or is he in America? Is he... No, he he's definitely. I think he's definitely still in America. Is he still in that estate? 
I don't think so. No, because she was the the wife. Nancy was walking uh, around the estate by the end of it. After yeah. after you yeah. get that money, you're fucking so, out. You're gone. You're out. You're like I'm going. I'm moving to Florida. I'm but like, isn't that amazing? How you have this guy who comes from what country? Bulgaria. Bulgaria. Bulgaria comes to Bulgaria, befriends this you know insanely wealthy psychopath. It, it clearly, he was in, clearly John was in love with him. John was in love with him, and then he inherits his estate and all of his money. And then the guy goes to jail, and you have all of his money now. That is the American dream. <laughs> you know, to me, that it's is the, the American Horatio dream. Alger story. The person who leaves you money goes to jail for murder, <laughs> and you inherit all their money. I mean, this is this. Is, people I mean, say, "Oh, there's no social mobility in America." Um, hello. <laughs> like that's an incredibly inspiring story. Uh, I believe in capitalism. Uh, <laughs> Boom. <laughs> To be fair, I think he inherited it after he died, John Dupont. Hey, so. splitting hairs. <laughs> I mean, the point he, is that he, you that's can, still though yeah. the guy was worth two hundred million, right? In eighty in eighty six. So yeah. if you're a Bulgarian and you get like three million fucking dollars, yeah, you know, like not no Bulgarian at that time. When I'm did not Dupont saying, die? You know, twenty ten. Like, How long did he have to wait for the money? I don't. I, I'm I think sure he died it didn't relatively. Long. I think it was like two thousand ten. Yeah, it was. And when it, did he go in to jail? Um, it was, we can look that up right now. Zach, he was, do you want to he was convicted right, right like the year later. Well, it was a year yeah. long yeah. trial and he was convicted and sent to jail right away. So he was in jail for about 14 years, 15 years. So the, Bul- so the Bulgarian guy did have to wait. That so he had to like time. probably have like these weird meetings. He probably had to go see yeah. him. The Schultzes never really see him again. They talk about in the documentary how close the two families are. He and died in 2010. You right. wonder if he got any money before that. Like, if this Bulgarian well, was getting money before that. I'm sh- well, he still had, Like, John Dupont had enough money to paint then all the old houses black yeah. from prison. So I'm sure that, like... I mean, it's one of these things. He was probably getting paid to go see John to, do like, hang out with him. you regret not visiting Dupont when he was alive? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't be having to do this podcast. Right. You know, I'd be out there wrestling, sprawling. I, yeah. I don't know what the, I'm not a good wrestler. I would just have to blow him, probably. Yeah. Well, listen. Or lose to him. Three hundred million. Although I don't, I don't think I'm his type. I mean, you know, he liked fit guys. Well, uh, I mean, he's an interesting guy. I probably had to be like a corrupt cop. That's the only way I could get some Dupont money. Yeah. Because like you know, he was clearly paying those cops when they like during that press conference. When yeah. Like, oh. Hey, did uh, John supply you guys with any of those firearms? And he's like. Uh, you know, I can't really say. Well, my favorite thing is when the cops call him. It's the very beginning of the documentary, and they're like, we got to talk to you about somebody who's killed on your property. John DuPont goes, no talking. And then they go, well, and they're being so nice. They're like, well, John, we really have to talk to you. And John's basically like, you know, listen, I'm a head of state. You don't meddle in the affairs of heads of state. We're, oh, we got a bloody war coming, so I got to focus on that. Yeah. And it was just the demeanor of the police. Like, they knew they had to go in, but it was still so, like, sing-songy. Well, John, you know, it would be nice if we could speak to you about the person who was shot on your property. Um, could you imagine if yeah, that was, like... Anybody else? Anybody else. Anybody else? It would be storming the... Like that guy... Well, who's the, uh, the the black candidate uh, for Republican Party? Was Kill it, him? Was, no, no, no. Uh, the, the pizza heir. Herman the, Cain. 
Herman Cain. Like, uh, if it was Herman Cain, they, they would have been in there in a second. I don't know. They might like Herman Cain. Yeah, they too. may like Herman Cain. That's all that, that's <laughs> Mr. Cain. Yeah, they give um, him free pe- pizza every time. Yeah, I mean, what was DuPont? Democrat, Republican, do we know? Or do those guys have a party at that point? I don't know. They probably just don't. They probably have a Probably mat- like, Republic, like fiscally Republican and socially they don't give There's a probably, shit. There's probably, there are firms that just handle the money of one family. Right. And the DuPonts certainly qualify in terms of net worth. So I'm sure that like those firms for tax reasons just give every to every person. I think there was pictures of him with um, was it Republican presidents, Zach, and that. I'm not I'm, totally I'm sure. sure. He, was, he was close with whoever was in power at the time because he was a big fan. He's that's big family. One of my favorite Stephen King books, Dead Zone, and I rewatched the movie last yeah. week uh, with Christopher Walken. It's a great movie. But uh, you know, it's it's right when Martin Short is you know he's the crazy uh, Senate candidate. Yeah. Or governor, or candidate for governor. I forget what he's running for. I think it's Senate. But um, you know, uh, Chris Walken, you know, realizes that he's gonna blow up the world. You know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the fucking movie. But the the rich guy goes and sees uh, um, a Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen goes sees the rich guy that Christopher Walken is like working with the the kid. the The guy's son is like a is like a teacher or something. Or it's private tutor, and uh, he's like, "Do you believe in any of this guy?" He goes, "No, I got money. You just believe you put money in all those kind of guys, right. but don't vote for him. He's crazy." <laughs> you know, he's <laughs> like, "But you, you kind of put money in everybody, and you yeah. just—I mean, Sheldon Adelson was the same way. Yeah. You know, like all these guys. They don't I love money. Stephen King, and by Stephen King, I mean the white supremacist <laughs> from Iowa. You know, <laughs> I love him. Yeah, we were um, on the even election that we're doing this. Yeah, it's the midterms, baby. Mid terms. Oh, I, I still. Want I'm glad more. everybody's voting, but these stickers. I don't know. I know. I don't want to be cynical because I know that that people get angry at that. I think everyone should vote. There's something to me. Did you vote this year? Kind of child. No. There's something to me <laughs> that's kind of childish about the stickers. I voted. Yeah, I think so. I, don't I didn't wear lo- them. I, I, I love put mine that. near the dog, and I I'm, took a picture. I'm not huge into that. This is the least you can do as a citizen. Legitimately. Right. The Legitimately. Least. I, I I do think it's the least you can do as a citizen, and. Uh, you know, if you want to fucking do shit, like volunteer for Christ's sakes, not just for candidates, but go why don't you run? Sick. Why don't we all run? You know, that's you and my I thing. couldn't run. Jesus Christ. Listen, Dan, I don't know. That's uh, changing. Uh, <laughs> Trump is the you and I would leader. have to. We could not run on a Democratic or Republican ticket. No, I mean, it's independent. We could run on a Republican ticket. Actually. Independent. The great thing about the Republican. You and I could run on a Republican ticket. The great thing about the Republican Party is they're really loose with the idea of resume. You know? Oh yeah. Like if you and I if if you and I in the next two weeks did like a hard right stance. Oh yeah. Like they don't care. You could murder people. There's a great thing about being a born again evangelical. Donald Trump was married multiple times. He runs casinos, the filthiest places in the world. Prostitution, drug addiction, gambling. Literally all of the things warned against in this book these people read. Yeah. Uh Immediately just got up, said, hey, by the way, we'll give you what you want. The evangelicals surrounded him and said, we're going to vote for this guy. He is the picture of what they would hate. A big city real estate developer who owns casinos and does Miss America. Pat- I mean, it couldn't be more cartoonishly against everything in the Bible. And yet they don't care. So I think me and you could just easily. Oh, yeah. You know, the only problem is with guys like us is yeah. that like uh, we uh, I mean, the thing is, is like, what what separates two guys? Like, if we ran out of Republican ticket, because I, I see you and me personality wise as somewhat more of like a Chris Christie, and 
rather than the Donald Trump, because Donald Trump melt doesn't really melt down. He just keeps going, you know, right. like and Chris Christie melts down, oh, yeah. which is a difference. In, and I think you and me are more meltdowners. Well, we're also not winning, you know, like right. Donald Trump won. <laughs> we're not we're not but like win. there's there's like there's there's still is like the, oh, there's an element of self-doubt that you and I have. Yeah. that Donald Trump does not have. Chris Christie's a guy that, you know, a lot of people refer to him as like a brawler. But he always loses brawls for the most part. Like he always right. he goes he goes up against Jared Kushner and you know whatever. Like he gets in the he gets in the palace, but he never gets into you know he's never on the throne and he's never even near the throne. You know he's one of those guys who like you know is proximity uh, is about it. That's about as far as he's gotten. You know yeah. he closed a bridge in his own dumb home state because, <laughs> you know, just a just a nasty, vindictive thing. I think that that's the day. Ruined his whole like, career. Yeah. Well, Trump has this ability, too, where... What you know, a medieval thing. Like, pull up the drawbridge. <laughs> well, Trump yeah. has this thing, too, and you can see with his relationship with, yeah. with Lindsey Graham, who yeah. really is uh, turned a page since the McCain death. Right. Uh, but he, He's the diva. He's the, Coming into his own. He really is. Christine Ford, the <laughs> lying bitch. <laughs> and I'm not gay. I'm like, all right, man. Uh, he really is the Kelly Clarkson of the Republican Party. I really Party. say to myself, should I, had I stayed in the closet, could I have been a real, evil, successful person? And would that have been I mean, more... not successful, but definitely. <laughs> I think I could have got, well, I, I could have got to Lindsey Graham level potentially. I mean, I Maybe. probably would have undid myself. The I don't know. Is, is how like, does I, a guy like that not have scandals? Um, I think that it's it's one of the he's one of those dudes who just uh, like somebody had uh, somebody had said this in an article I forget what I had read recently but Lindsey Graham and it was a New York Times article but he's kind of just he went from being like McCain's lapdog to Trump's lapdog yeah he's just one of those guys who's very good at course correcting yeah you know like and it, well and the if, picture that defines 2018 more than any other is yeah his smiling face and then that woman behind him crying yeah right after the Kavanaugh thing and he's just elated yeah 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 I mean that to me sums up. 2018 yeah he, cartoonish yeah you know well he's one of these guys who he, he doesn't really and he's somebody well he he's one of those guys too who like he's able he, he shit on trump during the whole campaign yeah and then as soon as trump got in he did a fucking about face there's a similarity to ted cruz because ted cruz taking a lot of shit from trump i mean trump said his dad killed kennedy and then ted, ted cruz the thing about know. ted cruz is like you know he's gonna win in texas by five points against a very far left candidate, right? Um, you know who I supported, uh, yeah. but uh, you know, like to the tune of five hundred, <laughs> which compared to Dan's sizable <laughs> salary, <laughs> I'm not making any money right now. Lots of shows. I'm not making. A, I'm not really. I'm not, not, ma I'm not making. I'm not making any money not right that now. That much money. I'm not making. I, I, you know, I gave money to other causes as well. Can't leave Beto out to I, dry. I, 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 I donated to multiple congressmen's DWI funds this okay. year. Um, no, I, 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 uh, I'm not making any money right now. But uh, the point that I'm trying to uh, make is that, like, Ted Cruz should be beating Beto by, like, 15 points. Oh, yeah. You know, like, from well, his, the, just his the, political standpoint. The Republican governor or the Republican Senate, the Republican governor in Texas ahead by 20 points. Texas is not changing. Everyone hates Ted Cruz. That's the thing. Yeah. Like, I don't think Texas is becoming more progressive. Ted Cruz is just, he's as unlikable a human being, which is amazing that he won that debate. 
It's a ama- when you yeah. watch a hateable and buy per- a hair. Yeah. I mean, buy you know, a Beto hair. Beto did a really good job he for did a fine, Texas debate, but because Ted Cruz is so unlikable, he shouldn't have even registered because he's so punchable and hateable. No, he's but very, he, but he's very good at debating. He's very good at debating because he's a guy that's you know he's, he's used to people hating him. But that's the benefit of people always hating you. You always have to win them over. You always have to fight. Beto O'Rourke is very good looking, good, nice guy that rightly so doesn't have the world wanting to storm his castle and drag him out. I mean, Ted Cruz is the type of guy who every day he gets up, opens the door, and the townspeople are outside with pitchforks. Well, and and not even that, but just, but just like when you know like somebody's a truly like a bad dude. Yeah. When you have somebody like John Boehner and Bob Dole hate him. <laughs> you know, like, like they're like when Bob Dole is like, yeah, I'll openly support Trump over But Ted you know, Cruz. listen man, it's like to get to that level in politics and to stay on the national scene for that long, I mean Who do you the, think would be a worse president, Trump or Ted Cruz? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what Ted Cruz would do. I don't know if Ted Cruz would be more effective and that could because everyone says to me, Oh, let's impeach Trump and then it's like Well, do you want Mike Pence? Do you want a very effective um you know, guy who believes a lot of what... Because Trump has remade the Republican Party. That's the thing. The moderates are dying or dead. Um, you don't get a Mike Pence... Yeah, George thing. Will is writing articles so every once in a while going on real time. You're not going to get a Mike Pence like you would have gotten in 2008 or 2012. You're getting the Mike Pence... That he really wants to be. That he really wants to be. You're getting a guy who's been emboldened with a conservative court. You're getting a guy that um, is, you know, is... You know, the vice president for a president who has no problem with, you know, some pretty nasty characters on the on the white nationalist front. Yeah. So, you know, Mike Pence is not he's not going to play along. All Pence right. is the best version of John DuPont. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think John DuPont may be a little more liberal. Or John DuPont is the best version of Mike Pence. I, I really I don't think decide. you could sit down and ask John DuPont about politics. Like, No, he's gone. He's, he's crazy. He would know a lot there about... There was no one from the DuPont family that came to help him. No handlers. Nobody grabbed them. Nobody said... Were they all well, dead? I mean, I mean, no. They probably... That was a question that I had. Well, yeah. His dad clearly had abandoned him, at least emotionally, right. from that documentary. But imagine, I would have, too. I mean, imagine if you were that guy's brother, where you're like, oh, let's go to John's. Let me bring the kids to John's house, and he can talk to us about the fucking shitty scene in the woods for two hours. Right. Yeah, it's probably not And given, like, a weird Christmas present, you know, like... Yeah. You know, can you imagine what kind of Christmas presents like John Dupont would give your nieces and nephews? I don't. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Either what. like probably like a gun or like there was some sort of Fabergé eyes. egg something set. Something about his you eyes, know? Dupont, where you look at him and you're like, this guy is probably not the best at parties. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. This isn't a holiday uncle. No, you know? this is a guy that really. This is the guy. You know, he's the guy. He's the. He, I don't know if you have a relative like this, but yeah, the relative you see before the real party. It's like, hey, we got to go stop at Uncle Dupont's yeah, house for an yeah. hour. Wish him a merry Christmas at eleven a.m. Yeah, you know, right between like presents and then the real before, party. Before with he starts family. drinking and talking yeah. about, you know, yeah. the Jews. Yeah, I yeah. mean, oh, I definitely. There's definitely. I mean, well, he's he, he's, he's a French. Uh, he, fucking millionaire. There's definitely some anti-Semitism there. Me, he struck me as a guy that is that is probably um, that's the thing about insanity, and I know it, and I know people in my own family. It really is. It's that you know ten percent difference between a a, 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 a a an eccentric person and somebody who's criminally insane. 
it is really not that much different. You know, you would talk to a schizophrenic at Bellevue and they would be lucid for a large portion of the conversation. Yeah. And you'd be like, they're not that bad. And then, and my own mother is, is a schizophrenic and she will be good for like 80%. Do you think John is a schizophrenic? I think something was there. I think there was, there was something there that was not diagnosed. Get all the black people out, all the black horses. I don't like the color black. Um, yeah, no, there was there was something wrong. I mean, whether it was... I'm going to shoot off a gun in the middle of practice. Nobody's yes. going to say shit. Nobody's going to say anything. There was something wrong there. And, was, you know, probably since he was a child, I mean, not socialized, living with mom in that old estate, alone, with your thoughts, kind of embracing, you know... And everybody, the thing is, it's like everybody... They essentially treated him like they treated Bat Kid in San Francisco. Right. Where it's like, let's give him a police uniform. Bat Kid didn't die, by the way. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. He did not die, Bat Kid. They closed the city down. Uh, He dressed up like Batman, and he did not die. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, you know, (laughs) someone's got to (laughs) pay is the the point. I don't want to know if I don't want to say the kid, but... (laughs) Maybe his fan like there you can't just close a city down for a fantasy and not die. So I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. My point is that we're all John DuPont. We can all be John DuPont. We're all just a few bucks and a few enablers. It's like Bill Hicks said. Anyone can be homeless. It takes the right bar, the right girl, the right friends. You know? yeah. Anyone can be John DuPont. You just get a little bit of money. It takes the right money. It doesn't take the right... I mean, he had no friends. Well, no, that, but that's part of being John DuPont. And by the way, with, with a few hundred million and an estate like that, you tend to not have friends because they tend to get in the you way. You imagine it's the one two time too, like because you know obviously he's addicted to cocaine at the end of it. Can you imagine being yeah. the, like the coke dealer going to John Dupont's house? And yeah, that's the one time where the coke dealer doesn't feel shady. Yeah, where he's it like, "Wow, great. I'm the normal. Yeah. I'm, I'm the normal end of this transaction. I'm helping this guy. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this guy. This guy does coke. He has less time to do everything else he's doing." <laughs> Oh, man. I think it fit. Like, I think me and you like the story because we think, what is the version of us with a uh, hundred million dollars? Yeah. You know, five hundred million, a billion. What is the version of us with unlimited resources? What would we do? And I, that I that's, actually thought about opening yeah. up a professional wrestling school. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's you know. <laughs> <laughs> what would you do with a hundred million dollars? Hard to say. Um, You've thought about it. I might get into politics. Oh, my God. I mean, I think that's probably where... Because I think it would be fun. I think I might get into politics. What would you run for? What do you think you would actually have a legit... I don't even think it would matter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think you, I... Would you hire me on your campaign? Yeah, I, I've always thought it would be fun. There's a few things I've always thought would be fun. Would you hire one me on your would, campaign if you got Yeah, one though? of them would be... What I've would always, my job be? I mean... I, I mean, I, I could say, you know, <laughs> what what do they call them? Dirt dust busters? Who are, the, who are the guys that put holes in leaks? Who are those guys? You know what I mean? Like, like the, uh, the black like ops. Lee Atwater sort of yeah, time. Yeah, Carl Rove, <laughs> Steve Bannon. Um, but I've always thought it'd be fun to be part of a political I campaign. I can just imagine you leaving in an improv theater that's being yeah. shut down and them crying and you with a big smile on your face. I think there's something fun about getting involved in politics without the expectation of 
just getting in there and going, let's fuck around. <laughs> you know? And I think that if you had, if I had a couple hundred million bucks, I think that might be what I do. I think I might go, let let's run a disastrous campaign yeah. for something <laughs> and just have fun with it. Which is almost, by the way, that's kind of arming how, teachers. That's kind of how Trump started. Yeah. I think that's kind of what it was. What do you think uh, the similarities between DuPont and Trump are? Um, you know, extreme narcissism. Yeah. Um, uh, delusions of grandeur. Um, and, and they're not even delusions. I mean, they're, they live in very grand circumstances, but I think they both see themselves as figures of historical importance yeah. uh, in a way that usually is terrifying. And the people that believe that usually can do some pretty horrible things if they believe that. Right. And I think they both believe, they believe in the, that they're very significant figures in history and they kind of create their own moral universe and exist in that. Yeah. And they're able to justify all kinds of things. Yeah. I mean, there's a, it's a specific, it's a type of guy. I mean, Bill Burr had a great line. He's like, yeah, Trump is, you know, this is what a guy who lives at the top of a skyscraper in New York city sounds like. This is yeah. what a billionaire sounds like who lives at the top of his own bu a building with his gold name on it. Sounds like, and, and John DuPont, that's exactly what a guy. Who, who has a foxcatcher flag that is, is higher yeah. than the American flag. Yeah, a foxcatcher flag who lives in his own state, essentially. He decides lives his, his own, own ancestry. decides to become Bulgarian. <laughs> right. That's the craziest part of it when he yeah. like, discovers he's Bulgarian. That's amazing. And, I mean, you know, it is, I mean, the saddest thing in the world is just seeing, like, Dave Schultz and Nancy Schultz and their kids, and you're like, these people couldn't be more fucking normal. It's like the middle class American dream. Yeah. Well, you know, well where's where their culpability there? in this? Where's their responsibility for aiding and abetting and enabling this murderous psychopath? Uh, well, I do mean, they I, do these people not answer at all for this? Uh, well, <laughs> they stuck around at the estate and played fucking go, games. I'm not going to go through, with this loony look, tune. I'm not going to go through fucking victim blaming. I don't think the kids have any responsibility in it. This, dude, and, I watch a lot of cult. Um, what's that cult thing mean? Oh, you holy watched? hell. The documentary where the guy, oh, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. and then everyone's <laughs> like, "Well, we don't, we're, we don't, what are we?" Well, like, that's a very different situation. But it's very similar in the sense. I don't know, that, man. If you want to like try for the Olympics your whole life, and this is like, yeah, I guess yeah, so, dude. I mean, like, I will say this: if if you're getting like, if I'm if I'm if I'm on a show and that show fires all the black people for being black for just being the color brown yeah i'm leaving that show yeah like that i a hundred percent i just want to say i'm not so if you want to hire me i'm not i'm not going i'm not leaving a job because i have a difference of opinion with the person running it okay so i'm staying this is what your platform hire is. me <laughs> Country music or whatever. Uh, whatever it is. <laughs> they wouldn't want you either. Of course not. Of course. Where, I had the luxury of making is, those jokes. I don't. He, I'm not getting a job. Where's the game for a guy like Tim Dillon? I just gave you like an Oprah question. I think I think selling real estate in San Diego. Uh, yeah, that's a great life. I mean, that's really not bad. I think that's the. Do future. you want to go something more? Stand-up comedy has nothing relevant to say about the cultural moment we're in. Really doesn't. Everything's gone to the internet. Memes are funnier than stand-up. Oh, I mean, it's a problem. I hate that's to our say biggest it. competition. Uh, like, dude, oh. memes are, like, funnier. Like, the internet's, like, w I try to watch stand-up now, and I, I love stand-up, but it's my life. And I'm like, who is this for? Right. You know? And I, and I say right. that. I have, a, I have a question yeah. for you. This is a question. Yeah. Six-hour open mic or spending a whole day watching amateur wrestling at a pretty high level? I think amateur wrestling at a pretty right. high level because it's just... 
more. I mean, maybe that's just because I've sat through six thousand hours of open mics. Yeah, it'll be different. So I mean, it would be different. But you know, I mean, I think stand, the the amazing thing about stand the problem with stand up right now is it it, it 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 hasn't evolved, and then it's only evolved into not funny. Like specials where people are like, let's do them this way. It's not funny. It's like, well, that's not evolution because you're taking the core element of what it has to be out. So, and I think the evolution of standups is podcasts. I think it's already here. And the pot, and I can prove that because all of the big podcasts are packing out theaters and many of the most well-respected comics aren't. I right. think the hunger is no, for I think No, I think you're right. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get past uh, 3,000 listens an episode. Let's do it. Tim yeah. Nolan's going to hell. If you like me, come on over. Thank you. Yeah, I got to do that show again. We were supposed to do this big Halloween show. Come, yeah, I felt bad. Come, you know, I was sitting there in LA. When am I, can I do the show again? Writers who are at the end of their career, <laughs> if they want to get involved, I email, I, like, I email my agents. I'm, I give them a list of names. They're like, uh, these are kind of a reach. I'm like, set the meetings now, okay? Pick it's like David Mamet. No, it's guys that are like the guy who created Mad Men, Wiener, the guy who created oh, yeah. Boardwalk Empire. Oh, those are big guys. I'm like, I don't care. Let them say no. Who cares? You're my agent. Do something. John Dupont wouldn't be putting <laughs> limits on me. You should contact he made, Dupont. He made me believe. You should contact this guy Valentin Yordanov for your I show. I will. He might... <laughs> <laughs> he's never written before, but yeah, yeah. He's, he's just making his script supervisor. Got a few bucks. Just pretend you're Bulgarian. But a guy like that's got to be so smart because there are people that come out of the woodwork to take his money now, and uh, he's especially... probably. He's probably like, all right. Yeah, there was not- no list of his location of where he's at. Oh, no. He's he's somewhere. If that guy's smart, he's on an island. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't even know where you live on an island. Not- you want to go in the middle. I think you want to go like in the middle of the woods, man. I don't know about the woods. I mean, that's a very that's a very American thing to say. Most people like the beach and the nice weather. I don't Bulgaria. Like I don't know. Maybe I'm more of a like Halloween guy. You know? I know. Most people aren't. <laughs> Most people don't want to live in the woods with the spirits. They want to go to fucking... The beach, okay? I'm more of a I'm Halloween there's guy. There's a lake near there, you know, some hiking. Uh, Halloween guy. You know, maybe a nice mom and pop, like, breakfast place. I'm sure it's a nice mom and pop breakfast place. I'm sure it's so sweet, and you go in there, and they've got a lot of nice things to say about different races. <laughs> you know? I love this pretend, this pretend, you know, world where... But, uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we got to get you a boyfriend. <laughs> we got. We got <laughs> this uh, he says this. He just knocks something over. <laughs> well, I gotta. You know, when I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, I'm in the denouement of my career, which is you're, fun you're and, 33. Yeah, and that's. I plan. I plan <laughs> to make my exit into something else. You know, whether yeah, it's I plan it too. I think real I'm gonna estate go into or the, maybe I'm gonna I have a plan too. Maybe I'm gonna be. Uh, I've always wanted to be like. Uh, I'll be a Carl Rove. I'll be like a dark. Arts for a really rich person, I believe in. Pierce Bush, hit me up. Would I'm, you would you campaign for Bloomberg? I'd rather get on the ground floor of somebody who's really young and has a long career ahead of them. Uh, what about that? Uh, Bloomberg won't win. He's nobody's going to hand the reins over to another. Mark Scarelli, maybe Scarelli. I would work for Martin Scarelli. <laughs> I believe in him. All right, we'll see the documentary Foxcatcher. Tim, where can we find you? Tim J. Dillon, D-I-L-L-O-N, on Instagram and Twitter. My podcast, Tim Dillon's Going to Hell, um, is uh, available on iTunes and Gas Digital. You also can see the comedy lineup on Netflix, Episode 8, my Comedy Central half hour. If you uh, get a cable package and subscribe to Comedy Central, it's on their on-demand feature. You could also download the app and airdrop it onto your TV 
and watch it in segments, which I'm sure everyone's ready to do. <laughs> so, fun stuff. <laughs> also, if you have a job for me, email me. I'll come in for an interview. Oh, you can find my dates on dancegermain.net. Rate and subscribe to the podcast. Hopefully, we have an episode next week. I have to set it up. Uh, our wonderful producer, Zach, is going to be out of town. Um, I uh, I have an album, No Real Winners, here out on 800-pound Gorilla Records. I think, I think I'm going to be on live at the Comedy Cellar this weekend um, on Comedy Central. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm at DS Germain on Twitter. And, you know, follow me on Instagram and all that good stuff. Thank you for having me. It's been a lovely experience. Yeah, it's been great. Thanks so Bye. much. Bye.